Yes, Your Worship. Um, I'd like to add, uh, possibly under uh, council or uh, under councilor reports, a couple items that came out of the RCMP uh, Community Advisory Committee meeting the other day. Okay, so uh, so under councilor reports, item uh, 10.3. Councillor Ford reports on the RCMP advisory committee. Okay, very good. Any others? Uh, hearing none, I'll uh, take a motion to adopt the agenda as amended. Councillor Burr? All in favor? In favor. Takes us to the adoption of minutes. Uh, uh, so we have minutes for um, from February the 13th, regular council meeting. Are there any uh, any changes that are required to uh, to correct the, the record or to clarify the record? There are no hands up, Your Worship. I will move the minutes. Of uh, February 15th. Councillor Burnley had a correct vote. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All in favor, Councillor Nina's motion? In favor. Okay. Uh, that takes us to uh, uh, public hearings. Uh, I understand there's two public hearings. Mr. Parker? There are, uh, Your Worship. Uh, there's a public hearing for bylaw 1994 and bylaw 1995. And so this one is a statutory public hearing. Correct. And we will open, and open that hearing. Uh, so I will declare the statutory public hearing open for bylaw 1994. Uh, and this is to amend M-1B district in, in uh, Land use by law 1891. And this is for second reading. And this statutory public hearing uh, will be held pursuant to sections 7, 8, 230, 606, and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. Uh, Ms. McQuaig, um, could you? Uh, Confirm what the purpose of the public hearing is. I need your worship. The purpose of the public hearing is bylaw 1994, a bylaw to amend M1B district in the land use bylaw 1991, correction 1891, which adds greenhouse and plant nursery as a discretionary use in the light industrial M1 district and mixed industrial business MIB district. Uh, when was the public hearing notice advertised? It was, <clears throat> they were advertised on Wednesday, February 8th and Wednesday, February the 15th in the Peace Record, River Record Gazette. And uh, were there any written submissions received but uh, not included in the public hearing agenda package? There were none, Your Worship. Very good, thank you. 
And so all we will be asking in, uh, some, a number of people to come up and give oral presentations. Uh, and when they do, could they clearly state their name for the record and to try to keep their presentations brief and to the point. Uh, the order of statutory public hearings will be the development officer, uh, then followed by those in favor of the bylaw, uh, then those any opposed to the bylaw, and then any person who feels deemed, who is deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard. I will allow questions from members of council after each presentation. And uh, I see the development officer, uh, Ms. Modi, is already at the presentation table. So uh, Ms. Modi, please uh, carry on. Uh, I'll just briefly confirm the purpose of the bylaw. So bylaw 1994 adds as a discretionary use greenhouse and plant nursery to two districts within the Lanny's bylaw, the light industrial district or M1 district and the mixed industrial business district or MIB. Uh, the M1 district, it, the majority of the industrial land on the west side of Peace River, and the MIB district is the industrial land on the east side of the Peace River, just north of the current bridge. The bylaw also updates the greenhouse and plant nursery <coughs> definition within our bylaw to provide added clarity to that use. That's everything that I have. At this time, I'll make a, a few more comments at the time of the bylaw reading. <coughs> pictures of the zones affected uh, on pages 12 and is it just page 12? I don't see the one. Uh, I do have a map that shows the MIB district, which was the original district that the uh, application. <coughs> the bylaw pertains to. Uh, I also have, if council wishes to take a look, the land use bylaw uh, map up on the screen, if you guys toggle over to the one I have control of, that shows the entire land use bylaw, and I can point to some of the areas that are industrial zoned. The, uh, on the west side of the river, the blue area, so up in through the Weberville area, and back behind, uh, the, just south of Highway 2, there's another industrial area where these, these lands exist. And what about, uh, and so close to the, down by the river uh, on, the, on the west side? Uh, over here there is some M1, but there's also a significant lot that is M1A, which is meant for rural or resource extraction, and that district has not, this has not been included because it didn't seem like it fit within the purpose of that district. And south of your cursor, that little blue area there? This area no, here? Uh, oh, south, sorry. South. Here? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is M1, so okay. theoretically. And if we go to the east side, which ones will be uh, affected? Go to the east side, it's all of this area in blue. Okay. And those are the only industrial lands on the east side of the river. Great. And what's that along the, along the river there? I see that's also in blue. Uh, south of your, with your cursor. Different color light blue. Oh. Uh, light blue. This? No, go down. That's, That's a different light blue. That's that is the green. Riverfront Development District. Okay. Okay. 
those in favor of the bylaw? You're, you're finished, I understand. I am, yeah. Uh, those in favor of the bylaw, if there's anyone uh, in favor that wishes to speak, please present themselves and come to the presentation desk. That was first call. Second call. Third call. Uh, neither seeing or, or hearing anyone wanting to come forward. I will go to, uh, I'll ask for any, any uh, persons opposed to the bylaw to come forward. Um, that was first call, uh, make second call, third call, and hearing, neither hearing nor seeing anyone coming forward to oppose the bylaw. I will now ask for any person uh, who deemed to be affected, who wishes to be heard, to come forward. That was first call. Making second call, third call, and neither seeing nor hearing anyone who feels that they are affected. Uh, coming forward, I will, uh, I will, um, First of all, I'm actually going to uh, ask council if they have any any questions on Premier's presentation. Mr. Mayor, I just have one. Um, so, effectively, there this definition of greenhouse and plant nursery. So, in the notes, it says uh, the changes follows greenhouse and plant nursery means development used for the growing and then bracket either in a greenhouse or garden bracket storage, etc. But I noticed that the brackets are missing from the, I don't know, the body of the actual bylaw. So I'm wondering, is that, like to me it's better read if the back brackets are in there um, than if they're missing. So the other part I'm looking at is on page 13 of 100 or section 3 of the actual bylaw. I just want the brackets in there. Sorry. So the brackets were intended to highlight for you the small tweak we made to the definition. If you prefer the definition with brackets in there, I have no complaints. So the brackets were the, is what the you're adding to the brackets. We didn't add, we just changed the order of the words because the way it read before at first reading was a, still a little bit confusing and when I reread it I wanted to make that change so that it was even more clear. But. I didn't have, the brackets are not in the text of the bylaw, that's correct. So if you would prefer it that way. So why would you want to put them in brackets? In well, because when it says it means the development used for, there's should be growing, storage, basic processing, and sale of vegetables. But when you stick in growing, and then comma, either in greenhouse or garden, storage, basic processing, etc., it's kind of... I'd get lost a little bit there. I agree with the deputy mayor. I think it adds, <laughs> adds clarity. So. Okay. If you go with the school teacher. <laughs> She's a math teacher, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she has to do all the. Uh, all the operations within the brackets before she That's <laughs> right. proceeds. Okay. Um so is that it for questions? Anyone else have questions? 
So uh, I'm not hearing any other questions, so I'll allow you to make a concluding statement. This morning. I have none. Okay, very good. Uh, I will declare the public hearing closed, at least on this particular matter. I understand we have another public hearing now, Mr. Parker. That is correct. Final 1995, Your Worship. And this is also a statutory public hearing final? That is correct. Okay. Very good. I will declare the statutory public hearing open for bylaw 1995 which is a bylaw to amend the rezoning of 105089 street uh, in the land use bylaw 1891 and this would be for second reading um, and this hearing is being held pursuant to sections 7 8 230 606 and 692 of the municipal government act Ms. McQuaid, uh, could you uh, confirm what the purpose of the public hearing is? Your Worship, the purpose of the public hearing is bylaw 1995, a bylaw to amend the rezoning of 1050189th Street in the land use bylaw 1891 from direct control to residential 4A R4A. Okay, and um, when when, when was the public hearing notice advertised and in which newspaper or newspapers was it advertised? Your Worship, the statutory public hearing notice was published in the local newspaper, the Record Gazette, on February 8th, 2017 and February 15th, 2017. Uh, were there any written submissions received and not included in the public hearing agenda package? Your Worship, there were none. Okay, thank you very much. So I will now ask that uh, that any persons giving oral presentations to come, uh, when they make their public presentation to an oral presentation, to clearly state their name and to make their presentation brief to the point. And the order for presentations will be the development officer or designate. Those in favor of the bylaw, those opposed to the bylaw and any person deemed to be affected who wishes to be heard. Um, Ms. Modi, I see you're at the presentation table. I'm assuming you're the development officer on this particular file. Yes, although this application or this bylaw is rather simple, so the purpose was pretty much already stated. Uh, this bylaw rezones a single parcel, 105018 Street, from direct control district to residential 4A district. Um, the bylaw or the parcel in question was rezoned to the DC district in 2008, and it was rezoned from at that time residential 4A. So this is returning the parcel to the zoning that it had previously. Any questions from council? Is there anyone in favor of the bylaw who wishes to come forward and speak? That was first call, this is second call, this is third call. Seeing no one uh, stepping forward, I will now ask for anyone opposed to the bylaw to come forward and plead uh, their case. Was first call. This will be second call, and I will now make third call. 
the hearing or seeing anyone come forward to oppose the bylaw, I will now ask for any person who, who feels to, that they are affected uh, and who wishes to be heard, or if she wishes to be heard, to come forward. That was first call. This is second call. I will now make third call. Either hearing or seeing anyone come forward, I will uh, now allow for a con concluding statement from um, Ms. Modi on the subject matter. And Okay, the hearing is now closed. That takes us through to unfinished business. Um, no, that takes us. Uh, that takes us through to presentations and takes us to section six, which is bylaws. And um, this is the first item on the agenda is bylaw 1994, a bylaw to amend M-1D district. And these bylaw 1891 for second reading. Uh, is so I will open it. Perhaps someone can make a motion and then that will focus any debate if necessary. I put a motion on the table, Your Worship, to take uh, bylaw, let me show you this right here, 1994 to second reading, please. Any, uh, or, sorry, put it out there for a second reading. Any questions, comment, or debate? I'll call for a, a vote on, uh, on Ms. Ms. Benke's motion. All in favor? In favor. <coughs> uh, Mr. Parker, can we go to third reading? That should be acceptable. Yeah. That's correct. You can, you can only do two at a time, so yeah, maximum. Anyone wishing to make third reading? I could make third reading of bylaw 1994. Okay. Uh, any, anybody wishing to raise a question? An objection or make a comment. I, I don't see anyone wishing to do so. Uh, I will call for a vote on bylaw 19, 1994. 1994. All in favor? In favor. Okay, thank you, Councillor Needham, for making that motion. That takes us to uh, bylaw 1995. This is a bylaw to amend the rezoning of 105018 9th Street in Land Use Bylaw 1891. And this is uh, for second reading at this particular point of time. Uh, perhaps someone can. I'll make a motion, Worship, to uh, accept the bylaw 1995 for second reading. Anybody wishing to make a comment or raise a question? or just incite debate. Uh, either hearing or seeing anyone wanting to do that, I will call for a vote on Councilor Burr's uh, motion. All in favor? In favor. Is there anyone who wishes to make a, uh, a motion for third reading on bylaw 1995? I move we take bylaw 1995 to third reading. Oh, yeah, 1995. So, uh, anybody want to make a comment at this point in time? No? 
All in favor? In favor. Councilor Sussex's motion. Everyone's, that was unanimous to see. Okay, very good. We, uh, we're now at unfinished business. Sorry, can I do a, a brief interjection? If Councillor Manzer is serious about her brackets, can you guys <laughs> amend your motion for bylaw 1994 to amend that definition? Because the bylaw you passed did not have brackets in it. it I'm serious about motion. the bracket. So I have well, to, do we have to amend that at second reading too then? Well, then we gotta go through the whole process, so. You can. <laughs> You can, you can bring it forward next time and then uh, ask for brackets and then we'll do it through. Oh, then you have to go to a public hearing. Yeah, 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 you don't want to do that list. No. Actually, actually, I think um, we had the direction from the public hearing yeah. to do so. Yeah. So I, I believe everyone had the intention the bracket was there. Okay. Just can we just long vote long. on whether or not we had the intention of the brackets? All in favor. Yeah, because that's how I interpreted the bracket. Was, that's how I, uh, that's how I was thinking. Yeah, and that's exactly how I kind of interpreted it. That's why I didn't okay. say anything at the bottom. Okay, as long as everybody is clear of the brackets, sir. We're clear. We're clear. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you should have caught that deputy mayor. I was thinking it was in there. <laughs> six bids this time. Um, they're shown there on the front of the RFP. Uh, we are recommending choice item number two from Peace River Ford for the sum of $36,200. This does exceed the budget amount that we have in our capital budget by $4,200. And uh, that would be made up from general capital reserve. testing device the only new piece of equipment we'll need to buy is a beacon as the old beacon is the rotating type and if it's starting to fail we're going to move to an LED side. Okay good thank you. Uh, does um, the prices quoted here that's delivered to the um, dealership up the hill? It's not an Edmonton price or something is it? That is delivered to the shop at the airport. Oh even better. <coughs> In the interest of trying to preserve our, our uh, 
reserves. I would like to see rather coming on reserves, see money come out of a you know, you know, sharpen your pencil and scrape money out of your regular budget to cover that off. Is that feasible? Yes, if that's council's direction, we could um, we could uh, allocate or recover those funds from the operating budget and try to find other savings within that budget to, to do so, yes. So you said general capital reserves, but there's an airport capital reserve, correct? That, 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 that's where it should come on. So back the when- part, The airport partners need to cover up the $4,200. And that was a discussion that we had with Councillor Needham. So last fall when we redid our reserve policy, a lot of those reserves were lumped together, even though we do allocate for them um, separately. So we do track internally for, for these purposes. There really was no discrete airport reserve as there was for other um, items such as recreation and, and other types of reserves. So there is no airport, general airport reserve to to uh, draw from. In the interest of the municipal partners, we took on the initiative and our recommendation is for us to fund this ourselves, um, again, to try to just, you know, uh, soothe or allay any concerns that they might have with us trying to, to recover additional monies from them. Um, if the intention is for us to scoop this money from our operating funds, um, then technically if we are able to save money in other places, then they would be contributing towards this. If it comes from our capital reserve, then we would be the funder. And again, we could do either. We're just looking for um, direction on where the funding source would come from, capture it with an emotion so we're able to um, deal with this financially when we uh, finalize a purchase and close the books on this project. Should we, should we not actually have an airport capital reserve because they're they're donating X number of dollars to the operating budget, the municipal partners, and X number of dollars to the to, to the capital. That's correct. And going forward, now that those contributions are there and are in place. We will, we will start to track uh, that. At the end of the day, those monies, any monies from the airport would go into just our general surplus. If council is interested in creating a, a specific capital reserve for the airport, we can bring that information at the end of the year and say, okay, well, the, the net position of the airport is gonna be X dollars and that could be a surplus or a deficit. If it's a surplus amount, that could be um, designated for a reserve. Um, and if it isn't, then you know we would have to eat the difference. So, well, don't you think, in the interest of accountability to our uh, to the people that are giving us the money, we, we should have a separate reserve for that? It's yeah, good. and at the end of the day, yes, I think they would be. I'm happier to see um, us have a reserve and to try to um, track those surpluses and deficits within the airport and, and bring those amounts forward, yes. So can, can't you do that tomorrow morning? I would suggest that since this is the year that we've achieved funding, and I mean 2017, <coughs> 
for the airport operations. We only received from one contributor in the past in 2016, uh, generally. Um, that, that makes sense that starting January 1st, 2017 would be a, a natural progression point to start that um, accumulated position or reserve balance, if you wish. And then Councillor Needham could make a motion to take the 4200 from airport. Is this a part a partner's reserve fund? From the airport <laughs> uh, council reserve. The optics of that aren't really good. I, I don't think. Why? What's, well, it's just, why, why, you know, we get a cap and we start putting stuff over to right away. I, $4,200. It's it's for the airport. I know it's for the airport, but it's dedicated to the airport. This is not a vehicle that comes into town. It's not even supposed to come in for coffee. No, I should clarify on this. So the the vehicle that will be used for the runway testing is the the current vehicle that that actually does travel around. So we're basically traveling everything down the line, and this will be the one used for travel to and from. These are, kind of these are essentially dedicated airport vehicles. I have to say in my year that I've been here, I, I haven't relocated one of our three vehicles to another department or, or anything like that. So, so, th so this is an increase of one vehicle or a replacement? No, this, this is a replacement. We're removing one vehicle from the fleet and replacing okay. it with this one. And what's the salvage value on this vehicle? Uh, I'm 4,200 bid? Uh, not quite. I'm, I'm willing to speculate it'll be much less than that. It's, it's a pretty tired out truck. <coughs> but so you get salvage value and you put the salvage into the airport capital reserve, right? That's correct, actually. Um, Sale of capital assets <coughs> go into a reserve, and in this case, this would be um, designated towards an airport capital reserve. Just for, you know, aside from my other comment, on the capital, the capital reserves, when you say there's a fund, does that mean you create a separate bank account the money goes in, or it's just, it's all, you track it all on paper, right? We don't have a separate fund, right? That, that's correct, so we only have it is not a separate bank account. It is either tracked within multiple general ledger accounts within our accounting system or within a spreadsheet of one general account. So that is something that, um, in either way, there's, they both basically do the same thing, um, but we only call it a general capital fund. We don't call it distinct airport capital funds. These other capital funds, they don't um, per se exist within our our existing reserve policy. And then when in terms of demonstrate whatever to our to our funding partners, then we would provide them an audited statement, like an internal statement that shows, you know, this is the money we received and this is where the money spent and this is how much we bought in capital reserve at any one given time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really a, a statement of continuity or a schedule of continuity that shows the aggregate um, revenues and expenses of airport operations, which would show their, or the overall um, surplus or deficit of, of those operations. So well, I, I, I don't know if it helps or not. I, I may be not following the bouncing ball, but I, I, I recall <coughs> the airport meeting a year ago when the reeve of the MD of Peace said, 
we need to double our capital contributions because at the rate we're going, uh, we'll be in existence for 25 years before we get any money to actually do anything. So there was unanimous support to, for that number. And, and I, I think everybody at the table was strongly supportive. Now, however, uh, Mr. Town is able to dress this thing up and make it look what it's supposed to look like. I'm, I, I, I haven't quite got the picture in my mind, but I, I, I don't see this as being a problem. What, what don't you see being the problem? Well, somebody, well, the, the, mo the motion says to take it out of the general capital reserve. Well, if, 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 if that's the fund that's got all the money from the partners in it, then, then so be it. But I, I think everybody at the airport committee is under the belief that, that these, these monies, that, that they're, they're at the payment schedule, had this built-in um, built capital reserve fund to it. Now, I think people are a little confused over what the terminology is, but uh, as long as it's clear that, that the money is there uh, and we can show a, a trail back to the partners, that's fine. I don't see why they'd have a problem paying for this. Like I heard somebody say this is going to be a problem because we're taking it out of this year's budget or something. Well, I don't really see that. Uh, I don't either, but it's very I question the optics, but no, I'd be kind for inclined to go along with it. We want to take it out of the out of the airport's reserve. <clears throat> as long as we can track it separately, I'd be comfortable with that. The difference between the previous agreements that we had and the actual agreements that we signed right here is the previous agreements physically said this is how much they were looking at doing for capital, two hundred thousand and five hundred uh, for operating, whereas the new agreement just says Operating and capital is seven hundred thousand. So there was no, it wasn't broken down specifically. So knowing that just <coughs> coming here, I'm sure you know if we keep total track of everything, it'll be fine. Yeah, but I, I, I'm still thinking. So you, the airport stuff should be in a se separate set of funds. Whether it be operating or capital, and we should probably go back the original agreement and break it up the way it should be and uh, and then because we're we committed to meeting them once a year and going over the financial records just for the airport alone so it makes it simpler if you put them in some airport funds and that way if we want we can flip the whole airport to shell and we can take will with them and <laughs> but, well, may, maybe another way to, if you could try this question to CAO, Mr. Parker or Mr. Town, if a year from now, if, if I was asked for a statement of the airport, would there be a number, would there be a column there that said capital reserve? Like if you were presenting that statement to the partners, <coughs> would you find something that said capital reserve in a number or, or no? Yes, it is my intention for us to to okay, track that's, that's that. All right, fair enough. So you can make a motion to take the $4,250, is that right, Will? Is it $4,250? Uh, $4,200. Okay, so first that's of all, GST. yeah, that's Plus the only GST. reason why you're here, because otherwise, if it was within budget, you wouldn't be here? Uh, 
I'm not sure of the actual policy. Traditionally, in my experience, we come forward anyway just to make sure that everyone's on board. So you want a motion to accept the... So first of all, you want a motion to to approve the purchase of vehicle number two, 2017 Ford F-150 V8 at a cost of $36,200 plus GST with uh, the overage from the budget amount to be taken out of the monies forwarded uh, to us by our municipal partners for the operator, operation and capital, capital of the airport. Right? Yep, that's acceptable. Or we could have also got a question. The town doesn't pay GST, do we? Like, I mean, no. we have to pay it to shell, but we get a get a back, rebated back from the we, property. We do. Yeah, so there's no GST impact, but we do just mention that in the motion to show that, um, you know, it's it's clear, it's this plus GST, that we get that, that amount back. Okay. So you want to make that motion, <laughs> Councillor Needham, or what? I, I can make a motion that, uh, <laughs> Council approved the purchase of a 2017 Ford F-150 and Peace River Ford in the amount of 36200 plus GST and the balance of the funding totaling $4,200 be drawn from the airport operating funds. Operating's and capital funds. You should put... All right. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. That's clear. Well, I have a question yeah. or a clarification. So we submitted a, an operating capital budget to the partners and they're paying, we're paying 40, somebody's paying whatever percents, percents. So from the gist of this then, there was uh, 3,200 in there for uh, truck and that's why you're here because it's 40, it's extra 4,200. And this is nothing to do with when we were discussing our budgets, there was something about a grader, and there was a few other things that if we got grants, we would try with them, and if we didn't, this wasn't one of them. No, those are, those are different items. This is not included in that ACAP grant. I'm okay. hoping those are announced next month. Okay, okay thanks. So uh, when you went through the uh, approval process or the uh, evaluation process, uh, there, there were a number of ones from out of town, Edmonton Motors. I don't know, if, where's WGM LTD? They're based out of Edmonton as well. So how, how did we account for uh, account for the 5% uh, preferential treatment for local suppliers in this evaluation? Actually, to be frank, uh, Peace River Ford was the low bidder. Uh, so that wasn't required, but it was, we were aware that there was the 5% that we need to account for. So how would you have taken it, like you, so, you put scoring there? So. so I'll just interrupt here for a second. Um, I redid uh, Will's and Tom's uh, scoring for the pricing. And what it is, based on that amount, there's a 4% uh, benefit that's given. So the for scoring purposes, the price was adjusted by by that four percent in this range oh, okay um so it's shown if you look at item number one with the total price from a, 
um, local dealer is $39,392. You would have taken 96% of that dollar value in the evaluation. Pretty well, yes. And you would have left WGM and Edmonton Motors at $59,000 and $39,000. That's basically the intent, yes. So how, why, why is one $59,000? <laughs> I have no good answer got, for that. It's got really nice chrome wheels on it. It's, it's even, it's even 59,000, it's not even 58,982. For what it's worth, items number four and five were on an identical spec. No. Thank you. So, uh, vote on Councillor Needham's motion. All in favor? In favor. Okay, passed. Um, now, this is a uh, this is another new business item. Uh, administration is looking for a decision uh, regarding community peace officer policies. And we have Mr. Greg Town uh, stepping forward to lead the discussion on this. Thank you, Your Worship. Before Council, excuse me, are seven new policies that we are required to implement to uh, be able to enact our peace officer. Uh, services. So these are requirements of the province and the Solicitor General, which is where these policies came from. They came from that office. We Peace River fired them um, to capture what we needed to do to enact these services um, and made the changes that are applicable for us. Once approved by Council, they need to be submitted to, uh, to the Solicitor General for their approval. We'll for or to allow us to begin those operations. So normally these would come to GMP. We apologize that we weren't able to do that um, and follow that process, but due to the timely nature of these, we sent these to the first available um, council meeting for approval so we could submit them to the province. I don't plan on going through them each individually. I could take questions on them. So these go through as a policy as opposed to a bylaw. We don't need a bylaw to enact uh, peace officer. Um, for the province, they need these policies, but I believe a bylaw to in, in hire peace officers is it's a separate thing. And these policies would become a portion of that bylaw? No, no. they're separate. So the bylaw would allow the town of Peace River to hire peace officers. That is my understanding. And do we have that in place now? We have um, a bylaw to hire bylaw enforcement. So these technically, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of convoluted there. Do we need to amend that? No, I believe you're fine with this one. Is that correct, Chair? I'm not certain. I. I'm not uh, aware of any changes or bylaw requirements that would need to be made. It's my understanding from the province that these policies would be sufficient um, for us. So what happens at the end of the day and other things that we're working on is we're trying to be 
um, an authorized employer mm -hmm. under the Solicitor General, and these are one of the requirements to do so. There's other um, reporting information that we have to submit um, as part of the package, and we have to apply for um, the um, being able to access online information um, and beer, which I cannot recall what it is, but it's, it's, it's online reporting type information. Um, and those approvals have to be made by, by the Solicitor General's office before we could um, start to do CPO services. Great. Is there anything uh, uh, in the bylaw in your, in your mind that is not covered in the budget that we just passed? And, and I guess I would just throw out, uh, I read that kit supplies are the, uh, the summer winter uniform requirements. Like, is that, when, when we approved the budget, um, I presume it included a lot of stuff, but now I see this list of policies. Do you see anything in here that we haven't budgeted for? So in the spirit of, of being uh, totally transparent, there has been a couple items that have been brought to our attention that we did not budget for, that we do need to, to make purchases on. Um, most of the items in this policy we did budget for, they were identified. Um, there were some software items, so we had to spend about $1,300 on a piece of software that we did not realize. And again, this is for um, ticketing and tracking type information. And I suspect there might be a couple other small things. I would suggest that the aggregate of those amounts would be less than two or three thousand dollars. So, um, but there might be other budgetary savings that we, we we see on the other end. So it's fairly close for again for a new service. And since the position we budgeted for a full year, but that position will not be here for a full year from a, an expense point of view, we'll probably meet the total budget for the department. Uh, and, so, and what I would like to add is that when we first uh, brought forward, uh, we said pretty approximately 95000 and that was the motion that we got uh, for uh, capital expenditures. But that was based on the vehicle itself being 75000 and we got the vehicle at 20000 So even though there were some other expenditures we didn't um, realize we had to bring in, we're going to be below that 95000 definitely for that capital expenditure. So um, in terms of the vehicle and what's in it and whatnot, so I know that we're paying for a, some kind of communication system for the RCMP, so does this vehicle have that same communication, whatever we paid the extra for, for so, the RCMP? So that, yeah, the APRAX, uh, the APRAX, now this is an interesting meeting that we had actually with the RCMP um, to see if we can use their radio and stuff, so uh, two weeks ago we were over with Brent, uh, where are you at that meeting? Oh, so, um, oh yeah, so it was myself, the peace officer, uh, Brent, and uh, one other individual, I can't remember. Tim? Oh, uh, Tim, Tim was there. And they actually, for some reason, we don't have to pay for them being on the APRAX, but we do for the fire department. And it says it's a first responders, and, and so, and this came right from when we were talking to Brent, we went and we went, uh, talking to um, so was that thirty two thousand or was that something else? That what was, was that? Yeah, that was the thirty two we're going to pay every year or something to that effect, or three years, for three years or so five that was, years or something. That was for two thousand sixteen. Yeah, and then, then there's two more years. So we're not paying that. We don't have to pay anything for the peace officer. Now the actual so, radio itself. So, so so just to clarify, yeah. um, Deputy Mayor, mm -hmm. um, so we are paying approximately thirty thousand dollars for the AFRAC system itself. 
and that's a requirement that we have to do through and we do that through our policing invoicing the actual equipment for that is a separate cost so we will be looking to upgrade our radios and probably have that discussion when we do our 2018 capital budget um, and we could move over to that system in, in the future okay. so okay and and the vehicle per se yet since those are radio specific we haven't um, addressed that yet we have existing um, analog based radios that we will use until we make the transition over to the digital AFRAC system so did the peace officers start work on February 1 no it was when does he start with he, he started work with the town I believe on February 6 February 6th yeah. okay so we're saving a month of his uh, full year salary is that kind of what we're doing that, that's correct okay um, I have a question about um, it it deals it's with the community peace officer policy it starts uh, page 45 of 100 or 1 of 27 so it's the actual um, section with a whole bunch of legal stuff in it I want to know if um, a traffic control and enforcement and enforcement in general does that include the peace officer say somebody's up on the hills here with a quad or whatever and supposedly that's not supposed to happen does this peace officer deal with that under the off-site traffic act if he is given that authority so there's four authorities I think we're, we're asking for him to do the basic traffic safety act um, Gaming and Liquor Act fall under that one. Um, oh so I'm not sure if the traffic if it falls under the Traffic Safety Act or, or if it's an off-site or off-road. Um, like it does talk about him having access to a snowmobile or, or something if he needed it or I don't know what that was. I saw a snowmobile in here. Okay. So anyways, I, I would uh, like the town to uh, think about that because that is one of the concerns. I don't know, really know who owns part of the hills. Well, isn't that covered, isn't that off-highway off vehicle covered under one of the uh, current town bylaws? Uh, simply so, because you look at any of the walking paths and it mm -hmm. says no off-road vehicles allowed. So I'm talking, I'm talking about people racing up and down the hills that are in Peace server's side of the... I think the, we've had this discussion before and it basically boils down to what did we want our police to enforce and if we want to take their time to go chasing guys up and down the hill they told us they would do it but then they would cut their people back from doing the other stuff right so I would suspect that as policy if we want to tell this enforcement officer that that's one of his duties he would do it, but it's going to have to be prioritized yeah. as to what else we expect of him yeah. and the equipment that we would need to do that with. So the fire department has equipment of various sorts. Does he get to use that? That's a question. I don't know. The other question I had, uh, in particular, the the kit of stuff that seems to be going in the vehicle or whatever. Um, and at the time of the application, it says, this is page 5 of 27, at the time of the application, the applicant must be current and valid in the following areas, uh, women's certification, da, 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 et cetera. 
does the car or the vehicle um, get one of these kits that first responders are getting for oxycotton overdose and stuff and is he to use that we have not completed that um, at this moment the oxycontin uh, or the, sorry yeah the yeah yeah yes. okay and maybe not my last question but one more um page 9 of 27 it's talking about jewelry and it says that females can only wear one set of earrings while in uniform and they will be the stud type and not dependent or garish in nature um well what about the males do they get to wear um two sets of uh, <laughs> earrings they can't according to this so i'm thinking we should change that and maybe make it gender or gender neutral somehow or rather you follow where what i'm saying i think that makes a lot of sense if we remove the word or replace the word females with officers or members or something yeah. like that Those make sense. okay and the other thing that i found actually kind of funny was on 3.5 dress and grooming still it says uh, under beards and goatees that facial hair must be grown whilst off duty <laughs> So anyways, I think there's something fuzzy about that. I actually <laughs> I asked that question. That's, that's not intended. What, what pun is it? So what, what the intent there was <laughs> I know is, the intent, um, you know, they, they should be professional looking. Mm -hmm. And to be professional looking, you're either fairly cleanly groomed or you have a, a nicely uh, grown in beard or something like that. And that in-between period, um, does not necessarily lead to a professional look. So the policy says, well, if you want to go from clean to shave, or sh clean to uh, something with the beard, you'll do it while you're not on duty to to avoid that, that in-between time. So why can't they just change it to an unshaven appearance is not uh, allowed, desirable? Well, well on duty. Do we want to get into debate? Because these are provincial rules and guidelines. Well, so do that. I don't think we want to debate that because it's got to go back to the province, and I work for the province, so that could be. Well, years. I think the province has some kind of funny uh, ideas about. I'm more interested in finding out whether, so did you, uh, did you budget for the nine millimeter pistol you missed in Terry? Yeah, we, we, we made sure of that one. So uh, there are some amendments. Uh, so what are there any other amendments you wish to see, Ms. Manzer? Um, not right yet. And so which, okay, which, uh, so uh, administration wants us to pass these today so they can get going here. So under which, which one uh, were, were these amendments that you're requesting? I think 3.5. Section 3.5. Okay, so 
So could you then make a motion to adopt uh, policies? So, so the very first one is that is that even a policy? That's just a, a briefing one, right? The very first B uh, section eight point two point one. So, so the policies are emergency response, peace river extend, peace officer extendable uh, baton, peace officer uh, uh, bear spray policy, peace officer off record keeping, peace, peace officer report, warrant arrest policy, and just a generic one there. So, could you make a motion to adopt those seven? policies with the amendments uh, as with, with the amendments as 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 put forward okay i move that uh, the seven the seven policies as listed in the recommendations and it's my assumption that in the minutes the, the policies would actually be listed um, be approved with the amendments in the seventh policy, which is the community peace officer policy. And within that policy, section 3.5 are where the amendments were. Okay, all in favor of Deputy Mayor Manager's motion. In favor. Okay. Passed. So that takes us to reports. Uh, there's four check registries. Do councillors have any questions on those check registries? Just one question, Your Worship. On uh, the first check registry, um, the two taxi companies at the at the top. You know, why the difference in price between the two? Is that just because of the, uh, the program that uh, the taxi pass The individuals choose which taxi service they wish to do. So we give out the taxi passes. All the the companies are eligible to participate in it, um, but the individuals choose which one they want to use. So they they have tenants use this one for more. Great fellows, the uh, just about half a million dollars is going to be to our architecture. That's just engineering, or that includes some of the pre the site geotechnical stuff they did, or that seems like a lot. That's not their first check, either. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's not a funny thing. We actually looked up the original motion uh, for this one and, and, and followed it. Uh, it's actually following, they did a proposal in 2013, and a motion was passed for $1.1 million. And so it is actually following each one of the steps that uh, they've done in the proposal. In their schedule. Yeah, in their schedule. So, that. Yeah, all I'll say to that, this is a progress payment. They had seven or eight steps or, or um, pieces of, that they would meet. And this is almost halfway through uh, that payment progress schedule. So this, this is really all their pre-design, pre-type work, tender preparation, you know, maybe 50% of tender preparation, other pre-design type works. Um, but it does have the ceiling that council did approve back in 2013. 
I will make sure they adhere to. So this could be top loaded then? There, 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 that, that there is a fact. I don't remember looking at it's, it in detail, but. Yes. It could be a little bit. It's not out of whack, out of whack but it could be a little bit confronting them in some of those funds. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the total amount will, will not be exceeded. So there's a check to the town of Grand Cash. Why are we giving them a check? Shouldn't the FBA Green Team be giving them a check? Wasn't that for some? Wasn't that for some training and advice or something? What kind of advice would they give us? How <laughs> well, not to go into debt? They get more money from uh, their rural partners than we get from ours. Yeah, but uh, they're going to dissolve pretty soon. and it's asking permission for two things. Okay. So maybe uh, bring these, uh, bring these committee, uh, these uh, department reports back for uh, priorities of governance, but seeing that we have a bit of time, if uh, councillors have some questions uh, on them, uh, why, why don't we get them to ask them now? Anyone have a question on the engineering and infrastructure report? So I'm wondering why we're, so I put forward a, a recommendation to, uh, to track water uh, produced, water build, water use estimated and uh, uh, wastewater uh, discharged and, and and then maybe a call for unaccounted water losses. Do you recall that? Yes, I, I do know that the director is working on a couple of other also APIs too, mm -hmm. or just a tracking of it. So um, I'll confirm with that. Yeah, we're going to discuss this a little bit. One of the, I talked to a, a resident that was playing at the ball diamond up there, and he gave a lot of very flattering impression of the way the diamond is being maintained. 
that one? Those kinds of things are not kind of captured all in our KPIs. And I wonder what maybe that should be something we look at where we would pull or question the user group what, what they think. Uh, it would be under when we do our JIPIT. So, so if, if they came in and they talked to us, we would put it into the JIPIT instead of their client's concerns. And um, and so, and of course, uh, uh, Mark Department uh, Community Service, we have to follow up on that. If there is anything in specific, and did this individual contact the town directly, or just? Well, I, I guess I just asked kind of what that diamond was like, and he just said, "Well, it's not too bad now after we've done all the maintenance." You know, like the impression that to be that to me is the 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 one that the by Northern Lakes the ball ball players play across the river the the, the Cecilia. Yeah. It sounded like they had the the team got their fix up the diamond so it would be simple to play on and I, I, I guess I don't know I, but that's totally fair not I haven't been up to that diamond but uh, some of the other diamonds I've looked at I kind of questioned whether they're being maintained like they should okay so you went up to the individual and asked him these questions and he gave you an answer but he but it was only not under your prompting that he had he had it was kind of like uh, yeah now that you mentioned it I, I think that that yeah, it isn't being maintained up to standard. So, are you are you generating the the issue because uh, the individual didn't complain? No, well, I and he may or may not. I, I don't know. I mean, um, I just uh, you know I was asking. I didn't realize he actually played for the for the I guess the Stampeders. What's what's the, the Stampeders? You know, and he was just asked what the diamond was like, and he just said there were you know that the you know that there are issues along the edge between the, the the shale and the grass that that's not always kept it out that there's times when they've had to take more to to mold some of the areas to make the, the, the diamond suitable to play on so well just to comment on that with the new green space contract is uh, the new green space contract looking after the diamonds the same as the uh, contract part I'm, I'm not sure on that one um, I'm fairly certain there are, yes. I've got a question on the engineering report. Um, it's on after the engineering chart of capital projects, engineering operation and maintenance number two. It says a slide has occurred at the Sagatawa lookout. Public Works has placed concrete barriers in the parking lot to prevent or prohibit vehicles, etc. So, really, this is it. The second tower will look out up, up to that. Is that our ours to deal with? I thought the park we own, do we not? I don't know. So it's definitely it, it's not ours. I think the county puts uh, looks after a lot of that, but he could share it, I'm not sure. It's, I never come up as a share item. If he's got the right location. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll send out the email. What, what page is that one on? Page, 80, page 83. Oh, his actual report page. Five, yeah. Page five. Um, I think it's page five. Oh, yeah, got Page it. five, yes, okay. indeed. Yeah, down at the bottom. Number two down. Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll send out an email right now. You might be able to respond. Um, I have a question on. Um, CAO Office and Corporate Services Department, a couple of them. 
one, um, I, I guess, uh, Mr. Park, we met about streetlight improvement meeting. Is this the one where we're considering eliminating some streetlights when possible or the LED? So what we're looking at is we were looking at um, talking possibly having uh, LEDs uh, be put in. So when we had the conversation with uh, ACO, um, they were talking about how long it would take, um, uh, the general cost for them. They're, they gave a list of, I believe it was close to 100 of the 1300 that they're going to have to do over this year uh, but 50 for sure and then 50 was maybe so it, it's lights that they have to replace and so they said that what they're going to do is they're going to replace them automatically with leds so then i asked them for a proposal to say well geez this will take 10 years uh could you give us a proposal of you know maybe the cost that you double or speed the process up so they're going to be getting back to us uh, uh, because one of the things that council was looking at is trying to be more um, efficient and uh, uh, you know greenhouse gas effects decrease off uh, you know, sort of thing. So we were trying to see if there's ways we can assist in moving us, but not cost too much of an article. Okay, thanks. Um, I have a question on the community services report. <clears throat> Tanya had indicated at some point, either in 2016 or 2015, they changed the way they were calculating the pool visits. Yep. So when we're looking at the pool visits between 16 and 17, is it apples to apples? Or is this pre... The, 16. This is 16 and 17. So this would be year to date 16 or 17 versus year to date so at the same time. Is this 16. the one on page two? Um, yeah, page two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that chart. So I, my understanding of this one was just that it was just um, the, the sponsored swims itself. Um, well, but Aqua Robots were the sponsored. Yeah, the talks and the Aqua Robot. That was in the evening. I think it was just those evening programs, right? Um, but honestly, I don't know if it is the change or not. Because I was curious, if we're dealing with apples to apples and, and these numbers are the new counting for 2016 and the new counting for 2017, that's a pretty good trend. I don't think, I, I think these are apples to apples because the lane from 6, was it 6 to 7 in the evening, okay, I thought that was the morning. They, they yeah. don't have the morning ones in this mm -hmm. chart. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm just, I'm encouraged by the numbers if, if it is those same counting process. I think what you're getting at, and we talked about it at a community services board meeting, is in the, uh, they'll have the, uh, like a public swim, and then they'll have a sponsored swim back to back. So when they do their counting, the public swim, that person that goes to the public swim but stays for the sponsored swim is only counted once where they should be counted twice. And they, uh, yeah, no, I know, I know what the, I know what the change was. Yeah. What I'm asking is whether or not we're looking at the same counting systems between these two numbers. I'm just curious if our trends really are increasing like that or if we're not quite there. I mean, I think we, I think it is, but I'm just curious. Well, I, I think these are apples to apples because there's no family swim noted in here, which is really the, or public swim. Or public swim. Yeah. Yeah, public. We have the parent and dot one, but I noticed they don't have Lane Saturdays on there either. So anyhow, just some good positive movement there. Mm -hmm. 
I've got a question on the uh, protective services department fire protection uh, page three in that report it's the chart of uh, the man hours used for this and that in our uh, three municipalities. Do those hours include like the admin time, the reporting time that goes into uh, vehicle accident? Or is it just the hours out and about at the vehicle part they're, of things? They're strictly response times. So they, the hours that uh, for the 38 hours for the structure fire, or no, that's not a good one. Um, CNL, the six hours at a structure fire, and it might have taken another three hours to do some of the reporting. So those, the three hour reporting would not be in here? That's correct. Do you think, should it be? Like, you know, in terms of uh, the time spent by the department people doing the work because of that fire? Or just a question. Well, I think the reporting would be done on, by the officers that are here on duty, right? That are here on their regular hours. So if they're not doing that reporting, they're doing something else here at the site. Yeah, so I hear what you're saying, Deputy Mayor. Um, I believe all past reporting was just on a response-only basis. And while that can be changed, uh, we wouldn't have comparables because we're changing the way we're doing it in the future. Mm -hmm. So we could set up secondary reporting yeah. to track that type of stuff, and I could confirm with Mr. Harris if we do that. Like, but this reporting is only... Yeah. My question might be out to lunch, but I'm thinking that we're looking at fire services reports and um, partnerships and this, that, and everything else. So if it's only a reflection of the actual part where the accident is, that's a little misleading if you're already spending it other time dealing with the same thing in a different way. At the same time, we want to be cautious about changing the whole reporting yeah. format because now we're going to have another question about uh, is this a the old format or a new format? Or mm -hmm. so. <clears throat> First of all, I'll, I'll confirm with Ken with the numbers. I'm pretty sure the director is right, but uh, just get confirmation that. And then just also some other numbers that it has risen. It might be 20 minutes, it might only you know, just yeah. roll, but we'll, we'll, we'll confirm. Okay. Thanks. I'll, uh, director will follow up on that one. Thank you. Uh, anybody got a question you want to put forward on the RCMP WAD report? So, uh, so maybe a motion to, oh, we did the check registry, right? So uh, maybe a motion from someone to defer items two, three, four, and five to a, a uh, government surprise meeting. Maybe in future you could have that. Uh, I think I, I want to go through those reports again. I'll make that motion, Worship, to defer those items to the uh, next p and meeting. Okay, all in favor? In favor. Uh, there are two councillors' reports. The first one will be from Deputy Mayor Manzer of the Watershed Alliance. So in your uh, agenda package, you do have a report 
from the watershed. I'd invite you to um, read through that. Uh, of note, uh, at the meeting in Wabasca, we had a presentation from um, some of the band members around there, and uh, they have put together a group that's looking at their so source water protection, which uh, seems to be uh, heading to be a priority in lots of cases besides the one down south in the castle, whatever area. Preda. Uh, that one, I think I mentioned that uh, Preda will be asking all municipalities to try and figure out the effects of the carbon tax on their uh, particular budgets and come up with some actual figures with that as well as any changes in their linear. And I think that's my report. Okay, uh, we'll go to the second report. For some reason, my mic buzzes, but... Coming out of the RCMPCAC meeting, I just have four items. Two are just uh, for information. So the uh, Safe, Summers, Safe Summer Strategies Program, we're going to be starting a little early this year, um, uh, trying to get that going for uh, the May long weekend. Um, also for information, the D.A.R.E. classes in three different schools here have started. Uh, so three different schools, seven classes, and a total of 158 students um, participating. Uh, the other thing that came out of the RCMP CAC meeting is the group, okay, the, uh, the group would like to know if there would be any sort of um, support um, as far as uh, setting up a safe exchange zone uh, somewhere within the town of Peace River, similar to what they have in Grand Prairie, where if you're doing um, any internet business dealings where you're buying and selling uh, items where you could meet that person under a surveillance area and, uh, and do your trading there. They, they do the same thing in Grand Prairie at the RCM, RCMP detachment, and I can forward that uh, information off uh, within the next week here, just uh, for your reading pleasure, if you like. Uh, the basic question, or the basic what they wanted to know if there would be any support to uh, have something like that uh, here within the town limits of Peace River. Not necessarily the town pay for everything, but if the town would be willing to support something like that. Uh, the last item um, and the most important one coming out of this meeting was the issue with uh, kids on the river uh, and on the ice. As everybody probably has seen, uh, there were some pictures that circulated on multimedia. I know they're on the Town of Peace River website. Um, pictures of kids and an adult uh, out on, on the ice. Um, also coming out of this meeting, um, Fire Chief Tim Harris couldn't be at the meeting at uh, as he had a uh, evac practice going on for the West Peace area. Um, so after speaking with his worship, uh, it's part of the, uh, the fire department's current um, stuff that they, they do in the schools. So we spoke in with Fire Chief Tim Harris, as well as a member from AHS and a member from the RCMP to try and get together and expedite some sort of Presentation specifically dealing with the uh, the dangers of walking on the uh, on the peace river on the ice slope um, and try and uh, mitigate some.
some of those uh, those safety issues. Um, so, to my understanding, when those photos came out, I do believe the RCMP as well as our fire services responded to that specific incident. Uh, the very next day, uh, that was I believe just after the rain, um, there was an animal that was on the ice which uh, tragically went through the ice and was lost. And the day after that, uh, one of our southern neighbours in, uh, in the town of Airdrie, uh, we probably all heard that word, there was a six and a ten year old that uh, that fell through the what, through the ice and tragically the, the six-year-old did not uh, recover from that accident so um, just to try and get the information out there to uh, so that that type of incident may be prevented here within the town. No, there would be there would be no motions coming out of this. It was uh, the the stuff with the with the the ice is, is just basically for 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 information and uh, looking for council support on it. As it is prop, it is already part of the uh, the fire department's school presentations um, that they do throughout the year. Just that we would like to see the fire department get together with the other associations and, and get a presentation specifically on the dangers of being out on the ice. not much, just bylaws 1944, 95, and uh, the peace officer policies. Ask Mr. Dietrich to use the microphone, it would be helpful. <laughs> not much, uh, just the bylaws 1994, 95, and the peace officer policies. Thanks, thanks for doing that. So, so we're, should we make an issue, or should we make a uh, special note that people can now set up greenhouses in the town of Peaceburg? You might need some more bylaws for that one. I think what you might want to do, Adam, is in line with what uh, Council Ford just said, maybe just put a, a reminder out there if it's not already on our website to stay away from the ice. Yes. Okay, uh, that takes us to in camera, so we can take a break now or just power through. Okay.